millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Um, it could be a, could be a somber time for Tottenham, but it's not a somber time on this podcast because what's the point? Um, you alright, Raj? How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm oddly, I'm all right, but I'm not going to lie. Right, Manchester City. Yeah. It got to it got to the point where. So, you know, we were talking about a few months ago when we were sitting top of the table and... Fuck me, that does that feel a while ago it now. Doesn't it just? And every game, every single... So, say, like, the Wolves game, for example, feels like a fucking catastrophe. It feels like you've had <laughs> the wind knocked out of your sails. It's kind of because you're dropping points in the title race and all this type of thing, but... When we sort of occupy the kind of place that we do at the moment where there's less expectation, even though we're getting battered, I'm I didn't sort of get really angry. I didn't have like a visceral foaming at the mouth reaction to that, and nor was I particularly sad or anything. I just felt a bit numb to it. it and I'll tell you literally what happened is that the supermarket, our nearest supermarket was gonna close uh Eight o'clock, I think it was. And right. so when the third goal went in, me and the missus just finished our cups of tea and we're like, let's just do the shopping to now then instead of Sunday morning because <laughs> I'm just not that arsed, you know. And it was like my, one of my mates put it in quite a good uh, way. He was saying that, you know, when you watch Arsenal hoping that they're going to lose... And they start going like two, three nil up, and you think, ah, this isn't fun anymore, and just turn it off. That's actually how I felt with that Spurs game. And I know it probably makes me a plastic and a shit fan and stuff, but that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. How how did you feel about it? Um, shall I tell you what? I'll sum it up in my own little story. Ways. Um, I think it was three nil down. Our missus was doing the cooking, which is a rarity. And uh, she needed my hand with something in the kitchen. And um, she knows that there's very few times in which I'll, I'll say no to her. But while I'm watching the football, is is one of the few periods in time that she knows is, is fairly sacred. Not sacred as it used to be, but fairly. Um, and I kind of came in and I was, I was just all right. I was just myself. I was probably a bit quieter than usual and got on with what she wanted me to help her with. And then uh, she kind of goes, oh, what's the score? And I went, oh, 3-0 down. She said, I've not heard you shouting or anything. And I just went, yeah, I kind of saw it coming sort of a thing. And the fact that she was like, oh, either, she knows that if I'm vocal while we're playing, it's either going incredibly well or incredibly badly. Um, 
or just Tottenham were playing, to be quite frank. But the fact that I just kind of sat there and watched it in silence um, pretty much shows you that I'm in a, in a very similar sort of place. And I think it, it's unfair to kind of cast it as, as that's how I am entirely with Spurs, because it's not. But I think if you go back and listen to how we'd sort of previewed this game, we, we saw this coming. And if you're aware that you're about to have your ass handed to you and then it does transpire that way, then... The shock's kind of gone out of it. You, the disappointment's kind of gone out of it. And, and you don't, you know, you, you're mentally prepared for it. So you just kind of like, all right, we weren't expecting all from this. And it is what it is sort of a thing. And that might be negative. And you, you obviously, when it gets to the point where we actually start the game fairly well until the penalty, you're kind of like, okay, maybe we can do some. Harry Kane's actually at a free kick here that looks somewhat on target. That's a, a rarity and a... And a joy in itself, and you know, had we been, I think I tweeted at half time, you know, width of a goalpost, uh, silly challenge, soft penalty, stronger wrist, it could be the other way around, sort of a thing. And um, the fact that they just kind of it went the other way in the second half just sort of confirmed what we thought. And the fact that the first half wasn't as bad as it, it might have been was a bonus, if anything. So was it was. I feel it was almost par for the course, really. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit frustrating, though, isn't it? Uh, like, that part of it, the starting well again, because I, I agree, I think we did start surprisingly well. Um, we did manage to stifle City, and we also looked like we were more up for being, un- like, act genuinely surprisingly, um, from what we've seen from Mourinho, we were actually playing fairly expansively in the opening stages. Like we weren't being ultra conservative, like yeah. people might say we we would have been. And and to be honest, in this case, with decent reason. Um, but again, it just seemed to be like it's that it's that one individual error. Um, I mean, again, there's going to be conjecture. There's was Hoybier a bit clumsy, but you know, it, I I know it's one of those, and I know it's probably by letter of the law. Yes, it's a penalty, but again, it's just it's one of those challenges where I think like, does that level of contact in the box or not, just pretty much constitute a goal? Because you know, I not a lot of the time Hoybier's challenge on Gundogan I'm not even sure if it'd be flagged for a f- like for a free kick outside of the box um yeah. and I know I'm again I know I'm splitting hairs because if you do boil it down it is a penalty really but it, it just I don't it's 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 a minor thing and it's one of those things that's just frustrating because I don't really see it as a as an individual error of sorts but I suppose Hoybier was a bit clumsy, and the bloke—the bloke's probably just knackered, to be honest, because he's played. Because you are starting to see errors creep into Hoybier's game now, and as much as I do have my agenda in saying that, I—I <laughs> I don't rate him perhaps as highly as quite a few people do, and that's not to say I don't rate him at all. But I think he is knackered, and I think he's got a lot of pressure on him as one of our seemingly few competent players that we do have in the squad. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 what I mean is, it, it stands out a lot more when he does make an error. But it has been a couple of errors in subsequent games now for him. Um, so that 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 is always going to be a worry. I mean, there's there's 
there's not an awful lot to take from this. Um, I mean, what just to just to let everyone know what we are going to do is, as we did a few months ago, we we intend to go through basically all the players um, in the squad right now because there has been a big conversation as to does Jose Mourinho have the personnel or not? We've seen now a number of people make individual errors. There is this argument, but 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 before we do that. And we we keep saying on the podcast as well, Jack. Like the squad needs reinvesting. It does. It's it not does. good enough. It's not done this. We need that. But kind of back it up by going through man for man yeah. and proving why it's I'm, probably a good exercise to do. Before we do that, though, I did. I sort of wanted to know your thoughts on because you know I'm. I do keep. I do keep defaulting back to. And I'm probably, I mean, I've I've had a few people say to me, like, are you actually like pro Mourinho or not? Because I can't tell because you seem to defend him on the pod. And it's not, it's not that I'm defending him as such. Like, I'm just trying to say what I think. Like, I'm, 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 I keep on trying to split my emotional break because, to be honest, emotionally speaking, I am probably at the point where we could do away with him and I'd be all right with it. But as my like knee jerk to it, because I am a bit bored of it. I do think it's already getting a bit toxic and I just can't really see a long-term glistening future with him at the helm. Yeah. But, you know, when I start to sort of break it down in terms of like, has he been given a fair crack of the whip? Yeah, how many other managers would be afforded more time than this? And thus, if we are looking to build a project, if we are looking to do something bigger, something that we can all buy into, I don't think we can apply one rule to Mourinho and another. Yeah, we. I don't know. Maybe you can. I, I don't really get the point I'm making, but I, what I mean <laughs> is, I think the point I'm trying to get to is that I'm not pro Mourinho. I'm not just trying to defend him for the sake of it, but I do still feel that a lot of people are just looking to blame him. And I, I think it, it would paper a lot of cracks. I think a lot of people are ignoring this idea like ignoring at all the state that we were in under Pochettino with a lot of the same players yeah you know and I I don't I don't buy this idea like people are because the kind of the the in vogue thing at the moment now is saying that well everyone's letting Mourinho off the hook because they're blaming individual players they're blaming personnel but we were all gladly doing that when probably the same personnel were fucking up under Pochettino when the same personnel, let's be honest, threw Pochettino under the bus at the end of his tenure. Yeah, not purposefully, but uh, tangentially. I mean, yeah, perhaps, but Brighton wasn't a great reflection on the squad. By Munich, meh, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's instances there. And so I think if we're going to say that Pochettino suffered from personnel issues then I don't think it's fair to say that well Mourinho should just coach what he has available to him and that's that's kind of where I fall on it because I think there's a there's an awful lot of hypocrisy flying around 
um, to justify people's emotional responses to Mourinho, which I'm not going to police, but I think people should perhaps sometimes police themselves a bit. And that's what I'm trying to do to myself here. Um, I mean, do you think he, he's more culpable than perhaps I, you know, should I should I slam him more or not, you know? Um, no, I think there's nothing wrong with having a bigger picture view of it. And I think it is oversimplistic to, to pin it on Mourinho because if anyone thinks there's a magic bullet and we change change managers tomorrow and maintain this same squad and it gets any better long-term is foolish. And that's the same bad bet that Daniel Levy made when he swapped Pochettino for Mourinho because he assumed the same and, you know, has been proven wrong. So I think it's... There's a lot of, of baggage that comes with Mourinho because of where he's been before and... The fact that his personality is so big and his, his reputation is, is so easy to sort of have your preconceptions over. And I'm in a similar position to you where there's, there's things about him that I don't like. and there's, But at the same time, I can't bring myself to fully blame him. And, and it's not a sort of a Sherwood sort of situation where I'm desperate for him to leave because I don't understand or, or get what entirely that fixes right now. And he's got a long-term contract at the club and he doesn't appear to be wanting out himself. He's he's not as toxic as he has been elsewhere quite yet. And he has, if anything, been a bit more flexible with our squad than maybe he has been previously. Because, you know, a, a Delhi type thing and a, and a Tangy before that, like that just wouldn't have happened before. And even like there was reports he fell out with Serge Aurier the other week and he was still back in the team the, ne- the next week. It's not as if people have been entirely ostracised for too long and it's probably because he doesn't have the squad depth to be able to do it. But, you know, it's, Daniel Levy seems to be managing Mourinho quite well, which is one thing, but the real issue is the long-term management of the squad. And we, we've talked about why before. And I think I, I did a bit of a thread on Twitter um, during the game at the weekend that, that kind of went, look, the whole vision for the club was we were supposed to get to the point that Pochettino got us to after the stadium was made. And he got us there years before. And he became a victim of his own success because Daniel Levy had had poured resources and time into that stadium, not thinking that the squad would be requiring that level of investment yet or that level of competition. And because we'd got there and wanted to maintain it, but weren't quite fitting within what the the fiscal plan was, the overall plan was for for the team, it naturally became a a frustration for Pochettino because he's like, look, the only reason you're not doing that for me is because I've, I've... I've done a better job than you thought I was going to do. And we are sort of the other shoes dropped now. And I think that's the the overall theme of the past two years is the shoe dropping. And it's almost a perfect mirror image of the two most glorious, brilliant years we had at the Pochettino where there was zero investment made across four windows compared to the two years we've had now where this squad is fucked. And it's like, we're going to need the similar amount of time to right those wrongs because 
we made a big bet and it blew up in our face. Had we made that same bet and won the Champions League off the back of it or snuck the league one season, then fine, fuck it, you've you've done your job. But we didn't. And now we are trophyless and with a squad that is largely unfit for purpose. So to expect anyone else to be doing any better than Mourinho is, is wrong. There might be one or two who would, but it's not going to be a league-winning team. It's not going to be a Champions League-winning team. It needs needs some real fixes, longer-term fixes doing to it. And it's I mean, for a team as good as yeah. us, that, that's not going to come quickly and it's not going to come cheaply. And this this is the... Because we are, like I said, we are going to go through this man for man. But what... To your point there, what worries me about this now is... Well... Is coronavirus, and I mean, before, like, I, I do want to make clear when we do talk about this type of thing, I totally understand we are talking about football. I get that it's a trivial thing. I also get that coronavirus has affected many of us in deeply personal and awful ways. We're looking at something that's killed a lot of people in this country alone. So I don't, I don't want to sound flippant or like I'm trivialising. And and I mean this genuinely, like I, you know, everyone's lives are in turmoil. It's a sensitive subject, and it is ultimately football that we're talking about. We're talking about a business, but within the context, you know, coronavirus is probably like the worst thing as well that could have happened to Tottenham. It, it, it's in keeping with whatever we want to say, Spursy or cursed and everything like that, the fact that we have built a model of sustainability, profitability, of being able to compete at the highest level with the oil clubs, with the other mineral wealth stealing, hoarding clubs, is this idea that we will build this incredible event dome that can house you know concerts anthony joshua fights or not even anthony joshua basically high tier fights rugby nfl anything showpiece matches showpiece events have a bustling huge premier league match day that is making the club close to a million pounds a match day um because the novelty was still there, right? You know, we barely even had a full. I don't know. We haven't even had a full season in the in the brand new stadium yet, and I think we were posting regularly posting figures of upwards of six hundred k made on match days, and that's what the club had banked on. And obviously, coronavirus is the worst thing that could have happened to a club that is building a plan like we had done. So now it's it's almost like. We've got this lovely big training stadium, you know, yep. and and a load of debt and a squad that is decaying, as you say, and mm-hmm. needs investment. And I think we've we've done that to a degree. We've brought in Region, even though it, it is, let's be honest, it's a uh, glorified loan. Well, yeah, it's a glorified loan, isn't it? It's it's Real Madrid ensuring that their asset actually gets played because we put value behind it, and. We've spent money on Lo Celso and Dombele, fair enough. A couple of other players and 
Hoybier, which was basically an exchange with Carl Walker Peters and Matt Doughty, which was another, you know, arguably probably another brown paper bag job. But in in the world of football transfers, was a fairly you know low brow deal, whatever the financial playing field is at the moment. Twelve to fifteen mil bracket, I think, wasn't it in the end? Yeah, twelve to fifteen mil is like your one to five mil used to be. Yeah, and so you know, I we do need to rip up the squad, and we do need to start again. But my the the thing that worries me is, yeah, we can get rid of Mourinho, um, but. Who do we bring in? Who do we bring in and say you you have to literally just coach these players that again that we already know are not fit for purpose. Yeah. A lot of these players are not fit for purpose, and that's not happening. I I I don't know. I I even if you are Nagelsmann, who at the point of recording, there's a lot of actual chat coming around now that behind the scenes Spurs are sounding him out or have identified him as the person that you know they want to come in if Mourinho does go but us and basically every other club in Europe top club in Europe wants that lad at the moment so you know I don't think that's the world's I don't think that's breaking news by any stretch of the imagination um but it's I think that's what's adding to the numbness for me with Spurs at the moment is I don't currently really see a way out of it. I don't see a bustling squad of young untapped potential. I don't see a lot of promising youngsters coming through as we sort of touched on last week. I'm not an expert in that field, obviously, but do you know what I mean? Like you don't, there aren't a lot of people fighting for it. Um, should we should we should we just go in? Should we go into the squad and just sort of yeah, cool. see what we Let's can make on. of it? Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. So, I mean, an interesting one, because this will probably be a a good conversation, because there is a lot of chat around this man right now. Hugo Lloris, the... Mm. uh, Go on, you, you kick us off on this one, mate. What are your thoughts? Um, I think up until the past, what, month, he's been brilliant and probably one of our best players under Mourinho and refound his best form, and I think he's he's in a tough patch at the minute. Um, 
and that's probably not helped by the fact that he doesn't have a settled defence in front of him. The defence has largely gone to shit. And that that has consistently not brought the best out in him. Um, so I think it's... And I think it's... People were, were almost like waiting and waiting to be able to jump back on their, their same sort of tropes about how he's finished or whatever. But they've not been able to say that for a year or so because he hasn't been so I think it's that's that's premature but I do think given his age and um, you know where he's at in his career he's obviously coming towards the end of his peak um, and that's fine but we need to be planning long term for him I don't think we're going to go out tomorrow and immediately identify and purchase a better keeper than him right this very second at least not for an affordable price we're not going to go out and buy our black or anything because what, that's 100 mil, you know? At, at least, at the very least. And what, what he's not going to come to us anyway. No, he's, uh, that's a step. It's probably, I'm agreeing with you, by the way. I'm not, like, arguing. It's a sort of a parallel step, but it's it's not one that he's going to take when he, he could go. The thing that he wouldn't come to us for is the wages, because he can go somewhere else and get paid 10 times the amount of money he's going to ever get at Atletico. And, you know, fair play to him. He's the best goalkeeper in the world he should. Um so yeah, it's just unrealistic. We need a a young up and comer or someone who's you know not been as hyped as they might have been, and identify that person to come in and really push Hugo over the next year or two, and then take him over. And we almost had that person with Paul Lopez, who's gone on to where's he now? Roma, and he's brilliant. Yeah. Um. So we we've almost done that, and then not followed through on it. Uh. So it's it's an odd one I'm not ready to write him off and I don't think I ever will be because he's the best goalkeeper I've ever had in my lifetime at Spurs uh, but we just need to see where we go with him now I think that's because I do see I, I I see the I think there's a level of confirmation bias there in not with you with because one of the main things I've I've heard about him is that it's yeah, okay, he's got his wrists and all this type of thing. His kicking's not great, but we've always sort of known that about him. He gets beaten at his near post. Even when he was in his pomp, he'd get beaten at his near post. It was kind of one of his failings, and I think it's something we've always acknowledged down the years that Larice's say, his where he is fallible is the reason why he's Tottenham's goalkeeper and not Barcelona's. You know, there's a very, very fine margin as to being, you know elite and really really elite you know and Luis mm-hmm. has probably just been slightly outside of that maybe even like on a silly level but true for a goalkeeper he's sort of fairly short do you know what I mean Think, look, mm-hmm. there's lots of little things like that that have probably seen the fact that he's never gotten that astronomical move but he has been without question the best bracket of goalkeeper Tottenham could have asked for across the last near decade now that we've had him. And yeah. I, I I would happily kind of argue that with anybody. Um, there are certain things that I do see, like criticisms, um, primarily that he doesn't come for crosses, really. He seems very hesitant to, to leave his line. Um, he doesn't seem to be that commanding oddly for somebody who's a very who's a who's a a great captain and great at 
shouting at people and whatever. Yeah, like we've seen in All or Nothing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't recently seem to have the best command of his box. Like a, a notable example of that is Liverpool's first goal, I think, against us when it was just a horror show between him and Dyer in there. And I, I just frankly would expect better from someone like Lloris, you know. Um, I think, you know, the City game, I think when you start, nailing a keeper that hard for a penalty going in is yeah alright he, he, I mean he did get a hand to it and you can say he's chocolate wristed or whatever but yeah, you know he's done the hard work though and we've seen him save loads of big penalties so it's exactly it's almost as if we know he's better than that and can do better than that so that was the annoying part is yeah. the fact that He's let himself down when... I think it was the second or third. I can't remember which one it was that irritated me more. Like, Yeah. But but one of them. But, I mean, my sort of thing is now, my, like, where I stand on the Reese's, I get that he's not perfect, but I think you nail it in the respect that if we are going to replace Larissa with someone markedly better, off the peg, ready to go now, it's a it's a sum of money that we don't have or at least a sum of money that we need to invest more critically elsewhere but goalkeeper is definitely one of those positions that we have neglected for far too long i mean gazaniga's done an all right job when he's been called upon but you know he's he's he was southampton's third choice goalkeeper when we signed him and he came in and kind of had a bit of a stormer for a couple of games and everyone said, hang on, he's he's better than Lloris. He's he's ready to take over. And then I think the realisation crept in that, oh no, you know, he's he's not all that. And Joe Hart, I mean... There's a reason he's gone to Elche on loan. Yeah. Joe Hart, I mean, I was... I don't, I don't discount, again, you know, I, I sort of will rally against the sniffiness behind the idea that big personalities in dressing rooms are a thing and they are of importance um so whether that means that joe hart is just a cheerleader or not it's you know either way i I don't really care we've got him and that's that but he's not even from what we've seen he's not even good enough to be our second choice so the fact that he is 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 damning is is really really damning of the club and it does really make me question what they see in training because uh, we needed um a homegrown player for the quarter didn't we and harry likes playing cricket with him in the gym so you know i it it just it, have we do, do you know like do we not even have a youth team keeper that We've got that Alfie Whiteman. Right. That, we've got Alfie Whiteman, haven't we? Who came on for two minutes as like a competition winner in that Europa League game. Really? Oh yeah, I remember that. And yeah, Joe Hart gave him a little pat on the back and all that yeah. sort of thing, didn't he? I've but no idea if he's any good or not. But this might be a bit of confirmation bias. But when's the last time Spurs produced a goalkeeper of any note? Ian Walker. That was he a, one of our? Was he actually ours? I believe so. Yeah. And I think that'll be the last one. Let me. I'm just literally going to Google that now. But I think Ian Walker was. Yeah, yeah. So he's a Tottenham Academy boy, and yeah, he wasn't the world's best keeper, far from. But still, you know, to he was he was a solid enough Premier League goalkeeper. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's. But that that's telling you something, right? That's the last 
keeper we've produced. Um, but Larice, yeah, I mean, where I am he on came, it is he came into the team worryingly, Jack, over twenty years ago. Yeah, I mean, let's <laughs> let's actually put some investment into a proper understudy for Larice, somebody that in that can learn from a World Cup winning captain goalkeeper who knows this club, knows the Premier League is just a solid bloke, is our captain. Mm-hmm. You, there are few better candidates for a great potential new goalkeeper to learn from. Um, and that's... I know he had a bit of a shit game uh, yesterday, but I like the kid at Leeds, Melier. He's only 20 and he's French again, but if he had a couple of seasons as Hugo's number two, when he's 21, 22, he might be ready. Uh, he's tidy. He's, he makes some outstanding saves. He's decent with enough with his feet. Um, I like that Sanchez lad at Brighton as well. Yeah, he seems okay. He seems okay. Yeah. I, he... But it's just one of those where you just... You don't know what people are worth. And goalkeepers seem to just come in and out of fashion really quickly. Um, it's funny. Know. It looks like the Gooners dropped a bollock on that Martinez. He, he actually yeah. looks like a, a solid keeper, which is... Yeah. Which is funny, but anyway. We, we almost need to repeat the trick we did with Larice with a, a really solid goalkeeper we know is good and seems to have just overstayed their time at a single club longer than they should have done and just snatch them up and give them a step up. And and that just is somehow repeating that kind of a deal for not that much money would be ideal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Can't argue with that, can you? But you know, I no candidates really jump out for me, which is. But moving on from goalkeepers is probably one of the hardest things to do in a team, especially a long-standing goalkeeper. Well, because they're under such a lens as well. The thing is, the margin for error for keepers is minuscule. And... It's not just that, but like they're not going to then become a bench player happily unless they're like a Gigi Buffon and a genuine geriatric. Like he's not Hugo at this point. He's not going to happily in two seasons go sit on our bench he'll, he'll want to go back to Nice or he'll go to America or he'll do something like that yeah and he absolutely can and he yeah, would deserve Deserves to, to. yeah um, number two in the squad I'm doing it by squad number thank you Wikipedia um, Matt Doherty number two by number number two by performance well Matt Doherty he's another that has doesn't really polarise opinion, to be honest. Most people think he's shite. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> early doors, I, my hope for him was that he was going to be as good as Andy Robertson, um, which, Christ, you know, I couldn't have been further wrong than that. I mean, I've seen a, you know, a lot of takes at the moment saying that they people want him gone, that they just think he's terrible, you think he's ghastly, which is hard to argue with. However, I would be really quick to point out the fact that the fella played 45 games last season for Wolves. That Wolves had a ridiculously long season. They um, had the type of season we're having this season. Yeah, and he's come back to back into that. And I kind of find our recruitment on that one laughable. The fact that we don't consider things like that um, mm-hmm. when we're buying these players. Great, we've got a deal for him, but what we are seeing is maybe he is a player that could be looking better, but what use is that to us when he's been flogged after death and he just 
again, as we said, I think, you know, have said several times last week, this week already, not fit for purpose. Like the fact, the fact that he was supposed to be a more kind of solid, assured presence in the wake of Aurea being this like disaster, if you like, more often than not, I, f- <laughs> I feel more reassured having Aurea in the squad than I do Doherty, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, Serge hasn't been perfect this season, and we'll get on to him, but he's he's been a step up from where he's been before. I mean, my sort of hope for for Doherty really is that he could be maybe our because I mean basically I think we're not get, we, we're not going to get any resale value on Doherty nobody's even going to pay us what we've just shelled out for him in my opinion um, but it depends I think, if, if like a yeah. Burnley or a West Brom or something will have 15 million to throw at him you know Dyche loves his British players and all that sort of shit well, he's Irish, haven't he? So there you go. That's, 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 that's a dodgy one, that mate. You, you're, you're 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 treading into a minefield there with that one. But I I, I know your point. I get your point. He's around. He's from around here. Yeah. <laughs> he's white. Yeah. There you go. He. Uh, but he. I mean, I could I could happily see him being around the squad like a right-sided Ben Davies, but. He's not good enough, is he? When all is said and done, he's he's not good enough. He's not. You've, you're seeing it with Reggion on the left. What a proper. Yeah, what we need is a right sided Reggion, not a right sided Ben Davies. <laughs> yeah. And that's it, basically. Needs. needs That to me is an urgent position that needs yep. addressing. Right yeah, back. massively. And... We, we still haven't replaced Carl Walker. No, we haven't. And I think Trippier did a job, and I think people treated Trippier unfairly, but it is what it is. Yeah, well, I'd gladly have Trippier back now, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, I don't think he'd come back. I think there was uh, one or two bridges burnt in that uh, relationship. Yeah. Um, oh, look, Kieran, if you are coming back, give us a heads up so I can put a bet down, lad. <laughs> Reggion, I mean... I don't think we need to say much on that. Lad's world class, but he's probably going back to Madrid this summer or next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be back at Madrid at some point. I don't know when that clause runs out, but they'd be daft not to take it up. I mean, we are going through this by by number, but I think it's probably because I don't think we're going to spend much time on Reggion because you know we just know he's world class. He makes the difference. We look like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. we like a different team with him in there, but. Yeah, the the worst thing he's done since coming to the club was that fucking Christmas party, but other than yeah. that, he's been sound. Um, but Sessignon has been tearing it up at Hoffenheim. Um, has he? I've not heard anything. That, that That's me not, say, not saying he hasn't, but I literally, I think I've once or twice I've actually Googled and searched in Twitter for his name and not really seen anything. So if he's doing well out there, then then perfect. But I'm not even sure he's playing as a full-back left-back. I think he might be playing as a more advanced player. Perhaps anyone mm. listening, if you have any more info on this, you could let us know because if you, you know, live in Hoffenheim, yeah, exactly. If you actually watch games and don't just pretend to watch them to look cool on Twitter, then get in touch. You know, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe maybe Sessignon will be there to step into him. But wouldn't it have been nice again had we still got Sessignon that him and Region could be like playing alongside one another, vying for. I don't know, whatever. Um, Toby Alderweireld. He was a notable absentee, wouldn't you say, from the City game? 
What do you mm. what do you make well, of it? Well, he's not he, he's not playing solidly. I don't know if his legs are doing it anymore because he's not been in the squad consistently for a long time. And I think we made the point before that Poch kind of moved on from him as well. And I think when he was talking about letting players go, I think Toby was one of the ones where he was gonna. If he'd have had his choice, I think he would have done it the other way around. He'd have probably kept hold of Jan and let Toby go. Uh, but you know, Jan seemed to have got really badly affected by that concussion and, and didn't have time to recover um, and is now, you know, enjoying himself at Benfica. Um, but Toby's, his decline has been sharp. He's making mistakes he wouldn't have done, you know, previously. Physically, he's not the same specimen and occasionally he'll put in an old school Toby performance and you're kind of like, shit, that was really good. But the fact that you can... You can notice and visibly see the difference in performances is the worrying thing because he used to be so consistent and so mm. reliable that it wasn't a a rarity or it didn't stand out that he was brilliant. He was just brilliant and it, it's that's not the case anymore. So it's almost as if we're giving him a big fat contract now. So he's gonna be one of those players that if we do come to sell, Daniel's gonna want a lot of money. For him, and I'm not sure anyone is gonna want to give that money for him. And we we do have this is a wider point, but we almost do need to have a look at the point at which we say goodbye to players, because if you think of some of the players that we've still got on our books or had on our books that we could have sold and made a pretty penny out of and reinvested in a squad, there's a point where Danny Rose was being linked to a fifty sixty million pound moves away. Same way Toby and and we could have got that money for them and now we're going to likely lose them for nothing. And that's shit and it's a disappointment. And it's and did we really get anything out of them after that that was worth more to us than maybe buying a better player or, or reinvesting in the squad? And, and if you have a look at the best example of this probably, unfortunately, is Liverpool who, you know, sell Coutinho and, and fucking reinvest the money and you know, build a squad out of it and what have you. And they essentially did what we failed to with the bail transfer when we bought five, six players out of it. But that is the best way of going. You kind of have to, you have to take money when it's on the table for some players. There's some players who are untouchable and you just, you can't. Even if somebody offered us 200 million for Eric Kane, if you can, if you can keep him, you do. Yeah. The same with Son. But, there's, there's some players that you kind of go, Christian Eriksen, if somebody came in a season before and where he's already making murmurs and fucking losing his air all over again, oh, 60 million for Christian Eriksen, I would have gone, yeah, rather than selling him for, what, 20 million euro? It's, it's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I am sort of at that point with Toby where even if we got offered, like like you say, to get the wages off the books, if you if we got offered... 15 20 mil from a Roma someone like that you just think you got you got to snap their hands off for it now and look at it what, what the the point I, I want to make as well when I am sort of saying this is this is all in the context of what I started this discussion on in that it's covid we're fucked financially I think and mm-hmm. if if we're clearly operating on a basis I think our January transfer window would be indicative of the fact that we ain't spending really until we're getting money in you know um and if we are looking to generate funds to 
invest in you know younger players or players more fit for purpose if we can get a value of 15 20 mil plus whatever it is 150k a week or whatever it was that older world was given off of off of the you know the team sheet then maybe that's what we need to do now i i still think percy he's he's our best defender still <laughs> despite the fact he's got all these flaws to him and i think mm-hmm. that's kind of damning of our defense because it is clearly the weakest part of our squad um next player it's, up. Just, it's a f- yeah. complete and utter failure our defense from reggie on the side is a failure yeah pierre emile hoybier um i mean i'll just i'll kick this one off in saying that he's he's he is obviously a fantastic player and i think one of the things that stands out for me with him is that he seems to be just one of the few players in our squad that is actually functional like he's a he's a he's a functional player you know what he's there to do and he seems to know it himself he has a clear idea of what his position is what he's supposed to be doing and has just a very strong basic skill set at his disposal um and i i think i like i think we've got some some of the best players in the league on their day i think you know when i think about players like harry kane obviously but when i think about some players more like delhi still when i think about players like son i still think there is a and this is this is partly by design from what pochettino did right i think that a lot of these players though i sometimes wonder what actually is their best position or do they even have a best position is the fact that they are so kind of malleable um what made them so effective under pochettino but perhaps is seeing the team look less cohesive or have less of an identity or less of a fluency to it under a team like under a manager like Mourinho who favors a much more practical functional style of football should we say um but I think Hoybier is perfect for that I think Hoybier is perfect for the position that he occupies my criticism and this is just to go on to the criticism of him that I do have because I don't want anyone to think I'm saying he's not a good player and that he isn't great I think my first observation is that I think he stands out and I think his qualities are perhaps overstated through a Tottenham lens because we've lacked a player in that position with his skill set for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And I look at sort of the other teams that are up and around challenging for the title and I sort of think does he get into Leicester's team does he even get into United's team does he get into Chelsea's team does he get into Man City's team and you don't I mean it's not really fair to do that but I'm just saying on that sort of base level that's kind of how I mark him as in like if we are a team that wants to win the title I think he's a player that is very good very solid but I don't think he's the absolute best that we can get. But again, nor was Jordan Henderson and he kicked on levels and became integral to what Liverpool are doing. So I'm not by any means writing him off. That's that's kind of where I am on Hoybier. 
Yeah, he's functional and he's he's really good at what he does and we need him and sometimes you just need... He, he might not be the right piece for other teams, but he's the right piece for ours right now and that's probably a good thing. You can have a sort of superstar defensive midfielder if you want or you can have somebody who just mops up and does what they need to and, and we don't really need that because our strengths lie elsewhere. If we had a functional defence behind him as well as he has a decent player alongside him and in front of him, we're fine. Like when the squad was actually functioning, as it was, it was just supposed to do at the start of the season, it was not something we noticed as much. And you kind of need players who are just happy to mop up and happy to do the dog work while there are other players who do the, the more eye-catching shit. And um, he falls into that quite spectacularly. So it's just sort of... I have no problem with him. I think, yeah, he makes one or two rash challenges, but when he's the guy who's making 90% of the challenges, then he's going to get one or two wrong, and you can't hang him by that because he, he does more wrong than right. Yeah, I agree. Expecting these lads to be perfect is just yeah unreasonable. Davinson Sanchez. Um, yeah. Go on, mate. Kick us off. I still like Davinson. I think when we spoke about him last time, I've not changed my opinion. Like he's one of those where if we let him go, I think we'd he has the most potential to make us regret it um, because I think he might kick on. And I think he's actually put in recently a few really good performances and you know and shown the ability to be to have improved and been a bit better. So he's not the first person on my to sell list but at the same time he's probably got one of the largest tickets so if we need to sell him to reinvest and bring in more players then that makes sense as well I basically you know I mean we can jump ahead and and kind of compare them if you want because you know I think it's it's relevant I mean I basically bracket him and Dyer the same in so much as I think they're both solid until they're not. And, <laughs> you know, and it's just, you can't, you can't consistently have that. You can't build a defense around two players that just always have an error in them. I think, uh, uh, I don't know. I've not, I'm not been particularly fond of dad for quite some time, as you know, like I, I think he's, I don't think he reads the game particularly well, and I think he's hopeless in the air. But he does, he does have a lot of positive attributes to him, and yeah, I mean potentially he might go elsewhere and look decent. But as you quite rightly touch on, if we're looking at him and Dyer, Davinson Sanchez has a much higher resale value. Like, I think Davinson we could probably get close to what we shelled out for him if we sort of you know we know what Levy can do um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'd be that sad to see him go um, but I don't, I don't think he's I don't think he's hopeless I mean I've sort of in throwaway fashion sort of dug him out in the past in a you know in a sort of fairly overstated way but I just I don't know. I just I, I just don't feel comfortable in my gut ever when it's either him or it's Dyer, really. And they they but they both have solid games in them. I mean, this this is the thing. It's they they're so 
they're so emblematic of what Tottenham are right now in that Davinson Sanchez looked actually great. And I think I, t- I texted you, didn't I, the other day, being like, Dav is actually, I hold my hands up, Dav is looking fantastic today. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hope he doesn't lose his arse in the second half. And then I think the next response after that was you sort of like quote replying to me with just lol after we saw him flap on his ass in front of Gundogan and you know I mean I just I don't know it sell him you know I I would and I it's just it's 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 so frustrating to have be sat here now looking at the defense the way it was when you think about that 16-17 team when you think about Rose the Tongan Alderweireld Walker, and you think about what we have now, it's yeah. it just feels very Kabul days, you know, that kind of that, that sort of Tim Sherwood time again. Um, yeah, Christ, Son Hyun Min, number seven in the squad. I mean, they just like give him a new contract now and just stop it. Because the longer they go without giving him a new contract, the more likely his dad is to talk him into going elsewhere. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because I thought with the the release of like a Korean Twitter handle with the hashtag with all that, that was like okay, so the contract's done then. But I'm starting to worry now if that's more of an attempt to flatter him into staying or squeezing out. <laughs> the last bit of value that we have in the sort of sense that we know he's going to go soon. Um, And it has opened up my mind to just to go on to what you were saying at the start of this conversation about cashing in on players whilst their value is high. Is there any argument to Bayern, whoever, come to us with 70 80 mil for Son. No. We take it. No. But are we not looking at, if we're looking at a team that needs investment in a balanced way? No, I'll tell you why not, because it's not just him that he is there to replace. As soon as one of Harry's ankles goes, he's the next one in line. Like we, we don't have the, (laughs) the ability to, to absorb his loss as well as a major injury. But is there not a sort of idea that we're we're sort of playing to par in the respect that like we've got two world class. It's almost like the Keenan Berbatov days again. We're all, like I almost feel like we're we're back there where it doesn't really matter that we've got these two incredible players because they're just always going to be completely undermined by what's behind them. So if we've got the value from one of them, and you know, obviously it ended up being both of them in Keenan Berbatov's instance, but if we get the value from one of them to reinvest into a squad and actually have some real money, some serious money from selling one of them, that we could do and put that money to good use and evenly spread it across building a more balanced and stable squad. No, I, I no. No. Not for me. I do, just to just to be honest, I I don't want Son to go at all and I don't want us to sell him. I'm 
I'm just throwing it out there. Um, Harry Winks, I think we spoke about him last week, but you know, to me, he's a player I'd entertain offers for. Like, I'd take money for him. I think he's a, I think he's a, a solid player. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he wants to be a squad player. Um, I think he wants to start week in, week out, and I think he had the potential to do that, but he's not somebody who is good enough anymore. He's had, yeah, he's had a stunted development due to injuries and whatever critical parts in his development, and he just ain't there anymore for me. Pretty much, <laughs> Gareth Bale. Um, he. He seemed to remember who he was for 10 seconds at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, maybe. When he, have you given up now? You were the staunchest defender. What's going on here? I was, but you, it's because it's, you know, you can only do this one. I can only say what I've said so many times in that I just, you know, I, I can't be really asked for judging him sort of week by week. I'm, I just see it as. This was a deal done between Levy and Barnett, right? Gareth Bale, I feel, wants to... He wants to be fit for Wales. He wants that to be his swan song, the Euros. He wants to have a good Wales for... A good Wales, a good Euro for Wales. Doesn't trust his body. Doesn't want to break down. Doesn't want to push it too hard. I can imagine Barnett and Levy have had some sort of agreement in place where... It suits all parties. It suits Gareth Bale to be closer to home base, to be in a less venomous atmosphere as he finds himself, as he found himself in at Madrid. And Spurs get, in the height of coronavirus, a pick-me-up, a marketable asset, a something something that helps bolster the global brand once again, bringing in a big player like Gareth Bale, on the understanding that he probably comes in for these high-ticket matches that we're seeing. Euro, uh, like you, League Cup final that we got coming up, FA Cup games. But it's obviously developed into one of those battlegrounds between the manager who wants players that can actually help him week in, week out, and the chairman, who is looking at the bigger picture of the club, of the brand, of all the off-pitch stuff. And, you know, this is a this is a story that's gone on under Pochettino's reign as well. You know, there's, there's a lot of instances of, of that feeling that... Yeah, I think Pochettino's as good as said many times that there's too much of an emphasis on what happens off the pitch versus what happens on the pitch, what constitutes success. I think there was I think there was a big, big fallout in the relationship between Pochettino and the club, from what I've heard, after the Champions League final, when he goes up to see a load of execs and everything celebrating the fact Spurs at least got to a Champions League final and he's just lost the biggest game of his life and can't really see much to be happy about at that time um and people come to these things from different perspectives don't they but you know Gareth Bale as a week in week out asset for Tottenham I think that dream's steadily kind of dying or has died a death hasn't it (sighs) yeah 
Kind of, yeah, but I, I, more just sort of, at what point did you give up? Because you were, up until like a week or two ago, you were still defending him. I haven't given up. I just, I, like, put it this way, right? It's 1-1, Carabao Cup final. Um, I mean, fat chance of that, but 80th minute. <laughs> yeah. 1-1, Carabao Cup final. And you got Lucas and Bale warming up on the sideline. I still want Bale to come on for the last 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's completely what I want him for. But am I now looking at every Premier League match day thinking, oh, I wonder if Bale will start today? Not really. Well, let's see. We've got that game in the Europa League on Thursday. He's bound to start that, you would think. Hope. Um, and let's see what, what he does because he, you know, this chatter around him might have, might have given him a bit of kick up the arse. The fact that, you know, all that love and stuff has only got, you know, so much of an expiration date on it before people start to go, come on, Gareth, you've actually got to pull your finger out and play some football at some point. Maybe he does he does have something to say and that would be nice. But It doesn't ruin the legacy for me. I don't buy All that shit can fuck off the whole he's tarnishing his legacy. It's, nah, bollocks. Like, he's, he's still a great player and... I still maintain it. It was a fucking glorious day bringing him back. Um, and I'm also happy for just like, you know, who knows what players like Harry Kane are talking to him about or taking from him in training, you know? So let's sort of bear that in mind as well. Um, next on the list is Harry Kane. I mean... I'm just go past it, man. It's... You know, <laughs> you, do, you, you don't take 200 mil for him, though? No, I don't even take three hundred. I don't think he's priceless to this club. He is. Um, I mean, we did sort of touch on last. The only week thing is, I, the one thing I would say to say about this is, if there comes a point where he wants to leave to further his career, I don't begrudge him it for a second. If it's if it's, it's Chelsea or someone like that, then I do. Oh yeah, there's obvious if he tries to fucking Sol Campbell's or something, then yeah, but if he's wanting to go to Madrid or Bayern or some shit like that, or even fucking City I'd or... I'd take City as well. With some at United or something, then I can't, you can't begrudge him of it because he he deserves to win some shit and play in a team that's going to make him score 50 goals a year. Can you imagine if he had the supply that City would give him and stuff? The amount of tappings and shite that he'd just laugh. Honestly, if he if he did go to... I was thinking about this on the weekend. If he was in that City side, I would honestly back him to slap 35 Premier League goals at least. Like, I honestly would. I would honestly back him to do that. But the issue with that is that he probably wouldn't get to play every game, but... Yeah. See. I think as well the whole kind of thing about his ankles is overstated. I think a bigger club would manage his time much better. And yeah, the fact we, yeah we've been I've said this before, but we've we've been entirely negligent with his career. The amount we play him and the amount we run him into the ground. The fact that he's probably going to be on the bench on Thursday because we can't trust the second string enough to get through that tie and all that sort of bollocks. It's just um, yeah, we've um, we've mismanaged that key asset quite spectacularly Eric Lamella um, I've, I've actually quite liked him playing in this sort of bizarro number 10-ish sort of role that he's been in yeah and I, I the, the thing that I think when I do watch Lamella roaming around there is fuck me if it was Jack Grealish that was in that position we'd be looking like a phenomenal team and that's that's not to Take if it away was Giovanni from... Lo Celso, Jack. Well, 
maybe, but you know, I I don't take away from what Lamella's doing, but we we know his limitations and. I can't. The, the, the limitations up, seem to be that he's made of fucking. Well, straw. yeah. This is it. You can't. You can't build around him because you sort of think, well, he's going to be out for three months in the next couple of games. So, it is what it is. Um, but he definitely seems to be one of Mourinho's generals. I think Mourinho, in a slightly toxic <laughs> fashion, called him a proper man. Didn't he say something like he's a proper man, unlike some members in the team or something like that? It was a bit weird. It was a bit gammon, but you know, it's Mourinho in it. Um, but Lamella, I mean, we ain't. I think we know by now nobody's going to buy Lamella off of us, or at least for the money that we want for him. So he's just going to be someone that, at some point or another, or probably either be used as a make weight in a in a deal somewhere, or we'll end up loaning him out to a Spanish club or something like that. But... He'll probably go back to Argentina in a few years or something like that. You can see him doing that or Maybe, yeah. What have you. He's 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 good on his day and as if as long as we don't become over reliant on him and keep him fit, play him in start him in Europa League games, have him in the odd Premier League game, rotate him here and there. He's fine to have in the team because he's not as shit as people thought he was. He's not as you know consistently brilliant as maybe he should be. But He's not been terrible. He's still a good member of the squad. He seems happy to be there and and contributes. He's he's got quality and and usable quality. Joe Hart, I mean, as we said already, cheerleader, not good enough. I mean, you said that already, but <laughs> it's pretty much the truth. He, he's just he's really bad from range, and some I don't understand some of his fundamentals of just disappeared he's going to start on Thursday and I never feel confident with him in the team nah. so it's yeah it's um, it's an odd one that Joe Roden seems good he's very raw he's going to need some coaching uh, he's not ready to come in and step in straight away but um, in a few years he might might have something about him he's very quick he he, he seems to read the game well he makes a good tackle He's he's not scared of putting his head anywhere but he is still a bit. He's a bit thick, and he needs that sort of training out of him. He's made the odd mistake that he shouldn't have done, and um, and we we still got to remind ourselves that he's only just come up from the championship. So, and it's not as if he's going to be a brilliant overnight. That's a long term investment. I I'm sort of in a weird place where I I wouldn't mind seeing now that the Premier League is probably not as high on our list of priorities, should we say, as the Europa League should be now, potentially. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Roden and Tanganga given a few games together, see what, see what they could be like as a partnership. Because I think Tanganga seems to keep getting marginalised to the right wing. and Or even fucking left back. Yeah, and it's just, it's a bit... It's a bit odd because... I want to play him in the middle. Yeah, and because I, I really like Roden, and I agree with you. I think he's very raw, but his physicality is great. He's got a good presence, but he, he he does seem to be perhaps not switched on as he needs to be. Whereas someone like Tanganga, I look at consistently, and I sort of think, he looks decent. So what is it that he's not doing in training, or what is it that Mourinho's not seeing in him to trust him more? 
to give him more of a chance because, and I know we're jumping ahead in the squad thing, but I think it's relevant to this conversation really. That either we see Roden and Tanganga together, or we see Tanganga perhaps given some games in the middle alongside Dyer or Sanchez or Toby or the Wireld. You know. Yeah. Um, next on the list though is Eric Dyer. Um, I mean, much what I said with Dav. You know, he's he's been given a new contract and he has been solid. At points this season, I think people have been pretty harsh on him, but he's still always got a mistake in him, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean that Chelsea game, that Chelsea one was horrendous. Yeah, he's just he's in a position he shouldn't be in. He's not a starting central defender in a team that is supposed to be as good as we are, and that's not his fault. He we mismanaged the early part of his career by playing him here, there and everywhere. And he seems to have turned his back on playing as a defensive midfielder, wanting to be a central defender. And he's not great at that. So he's not bad at it either. Like if he was, if he came, turned out and said, yeah, I'm happy to play a bit part, then I'd happily have him as a bit part player. But he's been all right this season. He's not been shocking. He's had the odd deep, really decent game, but he's also made a few mistakes. He's just, He's not a great player in what is our weakest position of the field, and and we have to, we have to be better than that to be the team we want to be. And we kind of it's harsh because I like him; he's a good lad, and he seems like he's means the best for the club. But at the same time, like he wanted to go to Man United the other year, and had we let him go, he probably would have fucking fucked us off for Mourinho at that point. So yeah, it's um, you know. Again, he's another player we could have got 50 fucking million for that we should have probably done, and we didn't. And, uh, you know, that that's the whole point, Jack, is you, you're asking, like, oh, we shouldn't we have got 200 million for Harry Kane or 150 for Son on that, but we can add up to that amount with the four or five players we should have got 50, 60 for. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, yeah, here's what it is. He's just, we're kind of stuck with him, and we shouldn't be. And he's stuck with us, and it's nobody's particularly thrilled about it, and that's why the team is lethargic and shit because everyone's kind of it's a marriage of convenience across the entire field. Mr. Sissoko, um, I mean, in short, I'm I'm ready to end the Mr. Sissoko experiment now and just have him go on his way. To be honest. Well, he's one of the ones where he was that terrible for that long and then had a had that period where he wasn't a complete fucking tire fire that it was nice for a season or two, but now he's starting to regress again and I yeah. don't want him to become the vilified figure he has no, been exactly from, the same. from saving it. Kind of go out on a high now. We aren't gonna get our thirty million back, but you know, Go somewhere else. Yeah, agreed. Well, you've still got value and before we all turn on you. We'd get 20 mil for him, you know, probably Maybe. 15, 20 mil from someone. West Brom, big summer payers for him. Yeah, Premier League, he's a Premier League footballer. Like he is, that's yeah. the thing. Um, well, I mean, he literally is a Premier League footballer. Hot take, Jack. Um, he's not a Champions League footballer. No, probably not. Giovanni Lo Celso. I mean, I'm 
I don't know, he's mate. He's getting fucking fit, mate. He looks. He's very good when he does play. He's very good. I'm, I'm worried it's just the next Lamella on our hands. That's my thing. I'm not just making a, a lazy comparison because I think he's shown us a lot more. I think he's shown us more than Lamella ever did. No, no, I'm, I'm not doing that to equate them in terms of their ability. I mean it in terms of he's the next Lamella, as in. How how often are we gonna have to keep saying right? He'll be great when he can get a run of games together, and he just seems to keep breaking down. And it, it you know, there's that worry about it that up until this point he didn't have a significant injury, and now we've suddenly realised that he's been playing on this hidden sort of injury that has been triggered or made worse by the fact he's been playing on it which is exactly what happened with Lamella. Um, so whether we just basically fucked another player um, that we can't... Because I I think, I think the reason why I sound so negative about it is because it's just frustrating that we've got this player who has looked so good when he's come in and been available to us, but then just breaks down again and disappears seemingly with no kind of end in sight or strong idea of what's actually wrong with him and when he's going to be back, you know? Yeah. But, you know, he, he's, he's here, basically. He's, he's here to stay, so, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be a big part of the squad as long as we get him fit. And he'll, he can almost, he'll play in that weird lamella hole that we've got, and that's nice. If we manage to find a base where we can have Kane, Son, La Celso, Ondombele and Hoybier in the same team then I think we'll be okay it's that that other position on the wing is a is a question but otherwise that's that's not a bad bad place to be starting from Delhi. I mean we've spoken about him a lot but yeah I just hope he don't go I hope like the second half of the season he 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 has a few games and recaptures the form and and has a bit of a tangy and and fights his way back into the team. Yeah, I yeah, I hope so too. I mean, I because he's one of them where, sorry to jump in, but no, like no. when we were playing like Ericsson off the right and swapping around, if we can, if he's the other, the other point of that front five, and we've got Lacelso, Kane, Deli, Son, and Bele just floating around and swapping around and all that sort of shit, then fuck me, we're that side of the field's fine. Just build us a new defence. And I also feel like he's a player at the moment where we... Because we've spoken about selling players when, you know, it's we can get good money for them learning from our past mistakes. But I don't think we'd get the money that he is still, in my opinion, worth at the moment. No, this would, if we sold him now, it'd be like when Chelsea sold Salah and De Bruyne. Yeah, it would just be somebody would give us we'd end up taking a paltry sort of 40 odd mil and he's worth in my opinion he's still worth a lot more than that so you know yes um Steven Bergwijn he's a player that's getting a lot of flack I think he's a very talented my player my dad hates him really yeah I, I, my dad just doesn't understand what Steven Bergwijn's are at I like him every time Steven's playing my dad will text me and just goes what the fuck's Bergwijn doing what is he for what does he do I think he's decent in tight spaces. I think he's... And he works fucking hard for the team. He, yeah, he does. He's, but that the, the, my fear with him is that I don't want 
him to become so functional he loses the spark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's, that's what Mourinho will do to him, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you, he needs to still... There needs to be some final product there as well. Like, he, he, need, he can track back, but he can also still be great going forward. We don't need him to become a second right-back. He's quite a shy lad, isn't he? And I wonder, like, if that plays into it. He's, he seems quite timid and a, sort of quite a quite a gentle boy, really. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if he's just in his own head a bit, like... Possibly. With a few sort of high-profile misses. But we saw it, you know. That finish against Man, against Man City in his debut, you know, is unbelievable. He's got it. He's got it there, so... He's had a couple of other flashes as well since then, so he's clearly not shit. No, I I like him, and he's a young player, and he's still. Oh, we don't give up on him yet. Nah, not at all. I'm 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 a big fan of his. Um, Sergio, I mean, sell him if we get the money, because I don't think he's ever going to get any better than this. And if this is his peak level, it's still not what we need as our very best right back. I think we get decent money for him as well. Yeah, he's yeah he's a good player. Someone will take him in Italy or France. What what I will give uh, Aurea credit for as well is that it's you know he's obviously got some sort of fractured relationship with Mourinho, but it's obviously not so fractured to the point that he you know because he he left at half time after which game was it I, I can't remember which game it was in particular but. Yeah, he left the stadium at half-time after he got subbed off after some big falling out. Missed the next game, but then was back in the team again after that and was one of our better players on the day. So he's, you know... I think it, and he's he's obviously had a horrendous sort of personal circumstance that he's been dealing with as well. And to put in the sort of levels of performances that he has been this season, I think his credit to him, it's, it's probably been his best season for Spurs, actually. Um I mean that's not hard, but yeah, it's not hard. It's not hard. Then, but like we've sort of said about you know, kind of Dyer and with everyone else, that there's just there's always an error there, isn't there? And that's kind of yeah. Uh, Tanganga, yeah, we've sort of said I I like him. I think he's good. I think let's just give him a chance in the middle. Personally, mm-hmm. but who knows? Lucas Mora. Uh. If we can get some decent money for him, I'd let him go because he's he's frustrating. He's an enigma. I think he's he's dining out on that Ajax game a bit now because he's done not a lot since he's he's had a he's the odd good sort of cameo. But is he happy just being a sub? Because that's the reason he came to us was because he was a sub at PSG and he's a sub here now. Like he's I play him in the early rounds of the FA Cup and the. Carabao Cup and he'll yeah, get your goals against shit and you know, he'll have a smile on his face doing it, but do we rely on him in big games and stuff like that? I, I don't quite know. He's just he's very odd. He doesn't seem to use his attributes no, to no. the best of his ability. Like you are without question the fastest man on the pitch. Why the fuck are you never sprinting? Yeah. And if you are sprinting why haven't you got the ball while you're doing it? Like, just run. I almost feel like I need to sit him down with, like, tape his eyes open and make him watch, like, an Aaron Lennon highlights reel and go, this is what the fuck you do. Run very fast at the people who aren't very fast and put the ball in dangerous areas. 
Like, it ain't hard, mate. This game is very simple when you want it to be. And for some reason, you're overcomplicating things. You're really quick. Be really quick. Mm. Can't argue that. He does. He works hard. That's what I give him. And I find him inoffensive. That's it, you know? But he's not... I actually find his lack of intelligence somewhat offensive. <laughs> I know. He is... And I don't feel that he's ever really meshed with Son and Kane. I don't, I feel like he almost gets in their way a bit. I, I, I actually actively get the feeling that Kane doesn't really like playing alongside him. Um, He's a bit of a uh, third wheel, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, Tangi and Dombele need we say anything other than build the fucking team around him. Yeah, he's he's unreal that way. You know, like him, Harry Kane. Son. He's the one, if we don't get into the Champions League this season, I'd be worried about. Because if his, somebody starts getting in his ear and telling him, you know, Barca, well, Barca can't afford him. To be honest, there's not an awful lot of teams that probably could afford him how much he's worth now because we paid 65 for him and he's worth a lot more than At that least now. double that. Like, that's that's what that's what you take for Tangi and Dombele now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we price him out of the market yeah. is what we have to do. But build the fucking team around him. And he's another player that if Mourinho starts, again, the fucking theatrics with him, get fucking Mourinho gone. Because, like... <laughs> If 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 I had to genuinely, if you have to choose between Tangi and Dombele and Mourinho, you know, see you later, you big surly Nando's nonce. Um, <laughs> ben Davies, but I mean, we don't need Ben. Is what he is. He's a good squad player. I think he's happy at Tottenham. I think he's solid enough. He he's exactly what you want a squad option to be. And I think he's fine. He's just picking up his words, doing his job, yeah. filling it every now and then. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, okay, you can criticise him for not giving us enough going forwards, but he seldom has a horror show at the back. You know, um, no, I don't and think he, I don't think you could even call the errors that he does have from time to time a horror show either. You know, he's often when he is shit. It's when he's put in positions he shouldn't be in. If he's playing against Mo Salah or something like that. He shouldn't be in the team. Like that's not his job to be in that game. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's what it is. Uh, I mean, Alfie Whiteman, Alfie Whiteman, no fucking clue, really, do he? So, um, <laughs> Carlos Vinicius, he's not staying. What's the point? You know? I have no idea. It's like he looks okay sometimes, and then he's just never given a chance. Like I, I don't understand what's going on. If he's poor in training or whatever, Mourinho obviously don't fancy him. There's something not right there, is there? But Mourinho apparently pushed for him. Like, I just... Yeah, I don't get it. Maybe, but maybe maybe that's part of it, mate. Maybe there's some weird Mourinho feeling personally affronted by the whole thing element to this, you know? He seems a bit soft mentally. Like, he seems too nice. Maybe, yeah. We've got... we've The, the, the team is largely too nice. Like, the reason why Hoybier sucks out is because he's a bit of a prick. Yeah. Like, he will just go and kick someone if he needs to kick someone. He's got a bit of spike to him. He is, in Mourinho's infamous words, a bit of an intelligent cunt. I do like it when you just see these random shots because I've seen it from him in quite a few games. I've seen other people remark on it as well. (laughs) Hoybier has this weird habit when, you know, 
he tackles someone or the ball goes out of play when he just like barks on the pitch and you, you sometimes see the camera going at him he's just like ah! like sort of <laughs> shouting at him like it's almost like some kind of like viking fucking head fuck thing that he tries to <laughs> rattle other players by doing by just shouting but like these guttural sort of noises um i quite like that about him but i mean i think basically what we can see from our going through the squad is that we have a lot of players that we're largely unenthusiastic about and yep. we would probably sell. And I don't think that just sacking Mourinho and bringing someone else in is going to make most of these players what they aren't already because a lot of those listed that played under Pochettino, I would have probably viewed the same way under Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty much. And obviously we got Sessignon to come back, hopefully a good player. Juan Foyth, who I think is going to end up going to Villarreal, but he's not part of our plans, is he? Gazaniga, again, not good enough. I don't know, but our defence is that shit. I wouldn't say no to taking another five gamble at the minute. Uh, he's o- better than Dyer and fucking Toby, maybe, at the minute. Oliver Skip, let's bring him in. Sell Winks, bring Skip in for that position next year, in my opinion. Can't be, you know, I don't think it can be much different to what Winks has given us. And if anything, there's a chance it'll be better. Um, I mean, Cameron Carter-Vick is, let's be honest, he's... We're just waiting for somebody to give us an actual yeah. fucking fee for him, I think. And again, Jack Clark, another weird one. It was such... that The fact that Jack Clark was our first transfer in, what, three windows, we spent over £10 million on him. For a player that hasn't even represented oh, Leeds fans England. take the piss out of us for that, yeah, by the way. That we haven't even represented England at any youth level. I've never really seen him in, in terms of this big crop of like promising English youth. Like I don't really get it. But the few times I have seen him, I'm like, there does seem to be a bit of a player there. So It seems to be one where like um what do you call it? Uh Bielsa's recommended him or something like that. Because to, to that's botch. the only thing that makes sense, yeah. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, because it, it, it is a really weird one. But I don't look at him and think, Christ, he looks like a disaster. I look at him and think, there seems to be something there. But who knows, you know, whether we'll ever see him or whether he'll just be a kind of, you know, Nkudu, NG sort of signing that we've made that you don't really ever see again <laughs> and just gets sort mm. of shipped out the door, then... That's who you want to be in uh, in comparison with, isn't it? And Kuda and NG. But that's sort of that's sort of where I. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's a similar. No, sort I know of what you're saying. I'm, I'm not. I'm not having to go at you. It's yeah, just... yeah. You know. Poor lad. Yeah. Um. I mean, who have we got next? We have got the Europa League, and then I think it's West Ham in it. So. Oh, if, if if we finish below West Ham this season, it's not even that. I imagine us finishing below West Ham will feel like as. Weird and disappointing as it must have done for Arsenal the first time they finished below us. Like, this isn't what should be happening here. And they're not... I don't understand why they're good. They're just the most vanilla team possible. Suchek like and Rice, I reckon. <laughs> Genuinely, I think it's just something as base as that. Because, you know, they've got a strong midfield core and their defence looks decent enough. You know? And everyone else is a bit shit. Look, we've yeah. seen Everton this weekend. I mean, I think 
the the main thing I I think at the moment though in terms of like the talk about is Mourinho going to stay? Is he going to go? We're still three points off of the top four with a game in hand, and I know there's a few other teams in a similar position to us, but we're not drastically falling by the wayside yet. No, nobody's other no, that than that says as much City. about everyone else. Of course, as it does. that's what I mean though in terms of like this kind of narrative of like urgency of Mourinho has to go now. I still don't think he's going anywhere for quite no, some no, time, no, no, lads. Like, he's not. You know? And I, I don't even buy this in the level that it's just because Levy's smitten with him. He just, I think, is here to stay. So, try and get used to it for the time being. Um, but it has, yes, yeah, been a, a slightly longer pod today. We might do one before the West Ham game after the Europa League games. So, uh, we'll see you yeah, I hope this hasn't been too depressing for everyone listening. Well, I don't mean it to be, it's just it is what it is. It is true. I'm even having a swig of water. Um, I don't know what relevance that has to anything whatsoever. Mm. Just to let you know what I was doing. Anyway, thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, all that muck. Do it. Yeah, because... Um... I think the one thing that kind of helps is if you share the link and sort of uh, comment on the thing on the iTunes and stuff, then more people see it because we haven't done this regularly for a while and we do do it more regularly now and stuff. It's just less about finding new people because we're not really asked, but people who used to listen to us and presumed that we'd stop doing it, um, if they can be reminded that their favourite podcast is back, then that might be nice for them. The best podcast is yeah, naturally. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 